From Isaiah chapter 3 For Jerusalem is ruined and Judah is fallen because their tongue and their doings are against the Lord to provoke the eyes of his glory to show of their countenance does witness against them and they declare their sin as Sodom they hide it not Woe unto their soul, for they have rewarded evil unto themselves. Say ye to the righteous, that it shall be well with him, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Woe unto the wicked, it shall be ill with them, for the reward of his hand shall be given him. As for my people, children, are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err, and destroy the way of thy paths. Shalom, greetings, welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, the website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you're going to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Today we are resuming our study in the prophet Isaiah. And, man, I, you know, I made the comment that this sounds like this could be read to us today. Like these warnings and these... Pro- it, it only gets worse from the first chapter as far as how closely it connects to what we're uh, dealing with in our own cultures today. You may have heard that that line in the, I read a section out of chapter 3. We're going to be looking at chapters 2 and chapter 3 this morning. And it says, They show of their countenance, the show of their countenance does witness against them. They declare their sin as Sodom, and they hide it not. It's, it's saying that they're prideful, arrogant. They're happy with themselves that they, that their sins are like the sins of Sodom. They don't even, they don't even have enough shame to hide it. They think it's good. God says, woe unto their soul. They have rewarded evil unto themselves. He says, as for my people, they're being oppressed by children, right? By young people who have no clue what they're talking about and what they're doing. And by women. They're being ruled by women instead of godly men. (laughs) There truly is nothing new under the sun, my friends. You think you're seeing something new? You're not. You're not. It's happened over and over and over again. It's the human condition. We continue to make the same errors, continue to go in the same direction. We continue to bring destruction upon ourselves. We're going to look at chapters 2 and 3, like I said today. There is five verses here to start chapter 2 that are promising and something for us to grab a hold on and look forward to and hope for in the future. 
My prayer is that you'll be blessed by this today. Um, you'll be strengthened by this today. There's some good news. There's a lot of bad news here. And obviously this was being prophesied over Judah during the time of Isaiah, but there's prophetic undertones that reach out to us today. There's God's attitude towards sin that we're dealing with today. And there's promises that have clearly yet to be fulfilled. And so we want to grab hold of those promises But at the same time, understand God's attitude towards sin, towards idolatry, towards witchcraft. Things that we're seeing on a pretty large scale in our culture today. So my prayer is that you'll be blessed this morning. Let's dig in. From the prophet Isaiah chapters 2 and 3, I'm going to read from the King James Bible. Chapter 2, verse 1. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains. It shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways. And we will walk in his paths, for out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the nations, and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come ye, let us walk in the light of the Lord. So please note, there's the first five verses, this prophecy, many of you have heard it, is this prophecy of unimaginable peace, where the Lord himself will rebuke nations and people, and rule over them, and people will say, come, let's go up to the mountain of God, let's go up to the mountain of the house of the God of Jacob, and let him teach us his ways, and there'll be this unbelievable peace, and it says this be, they'll beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks and other words they'll turn in their weapons for farming equipment and they won't even learn war anymore now I don't know about you but I can't imagine that that time has ever existed before unless there's some amazing hidden time from us that we don't know about That's not in our history books, but I don't know of a time where this has ever happened. Do you? Interestingly enough, this is, this exact prophecy is prophesied by not just Isaiah, 
but also by the prophet Micah. Micah chapter 4, verse 3, he says, And he shall judge among many people, and rebuke strong nations afar off, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. It makes me wonder if there was some literature uh, that was going around at this time, or uh, some other prophecy that both of the prophets are pulling from. Uh, it's just it's interesting. Here's uh, uh, F. B. Meyer's commentary, and then we'll get into the day of the Lord here, which is, which is the next two chap or the next yeah the rest of this chapter in chapter three. Ephraim says, This and four following chapters must be classed together as distinct portion of this book belonging to the earliest years of Isaiah's ministry. Their date is about 735 B.C., about the time of the ascension of Ahaz to the throne. Isaiah 2, 2 through 2-4 are evidently an ancient prophecy by some unknown seer, for Micah also quotes it. This section presents a fair vision of the future. When the beloved city must become the center of religious life of the world, the seat of theocracy, the burning nucleus of the reign of love and peace, we cherish this ancient prophecy as our guiding star in the present form. But it can only be realized when the Son of God, riding forth on his white horse, has subdued his enemies. Then Revelation 21 and 22 will fulfill this ancient dream. The contrast, however, between the ideal city and the actual city is terrible. But let us not despair. The exalted Lord, from the right hand of power, is hastening the coming of the day of God. So even F.B. Meyer says, hey, this, is, this won't be fulfilled until the returning of Christ, the returning of our Messiah. And this picture that's being painted of what it's going to look like in the future versus what it looks like in actual reality right now, completely different. Completely different. Let's have a look. The day of the Lord. It's important to note that the day of the Lord does not always mean the very last days. Sometimes it's about the judgment that's coming at that particular time on that particular people. However, there's much that we can kind of glean from this about our own time. So now let's finish. I'm going to read chapters 2 and 3, starting with verse 6 here. Therefore, thou hast forsaken thy people, the house of Jacob, because they be replenished from the east, and are soothsayers like the Philistines, and they please themselves in the children of strangers. Please note, Soothsayer, soothsayers are those who practice witchcraft, more or less. Verse 7. Their land also is full of silver and gold, neither is there any end of their treasure. Their land is full of horses, neither is there any end to the chariots. Their land is also full of idols. They worship the work of their own hands, that which their own fingers have made. And the mean man boweth down, and the great man humbleth himself. Therefore forgive them not. Enter into the rock, and hide thee in the dust, for the fear of the Lord. 
and for the glory of his majesty. The lofty looks of man shall be humbled, and the haughtiness of men shall be bowed down, and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. For the day of the Lord of hosts shall be upon every one that is proud and lofty, and upon every one that is lifted up, he shall be brought low. And upon all the cedars of Lebanon that are high and lifted up, and upon the oaks of Bashan, and upon all the high mountains, and upon all the hills that are lifted up, and upon every high tower, and upon every fenced wall, and upon all the ships of Tarshish, and upon all the pleasant pictures. And the loftiness of man shall be bowed down, and the haughtiness of men shall be made low, and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. And the idols he shall utterly abolish. And they shall go into the holes in the rocks, and into the caves of the earth for the fear of the Lord, and for the glory of his majesty when he arises to shake terribly the earth. Please note, in that whole section, what's God talking about judging? Their pride, their haughtiness, how they, they're just so full of themselves, and they think so highly of themselves, they're all going to be humbled. They're going to be crushed under the weight of their arrogance and foolishness. Also notice how uh, some similar language that you might be f- familiar with, right? That says that they shall go into the clefts of the rocks, Right, and they shall hide themselves for fear of the Lord. That's the exact same imagery that is used in the book of Revelation. Right, it says that the kings um, shall hide themselves in the 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 kings the and they'll they'll hide themselves in the rock. They shall go in the rocks and the caves. And actually, I'm just trying. I'm just going to pull it up here. So I can quote it properly. It says, The kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bomb man and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand? Same imagery here being used. So go into the clefts, right back to Isaiah chapter 2, 20, verse 21. To go into the clefts and the rocks and into the tops of ragged rocks for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty when he arises to shake terribly the earth. See she from man whose breath is in his nostrils for wherein is he to be accounted of. Chapter 3. For behold, the Lord the Lord of hosts doth take away from Jerusalem and from Judah to stay and the staff, the whole stay of bread and the whole stay of water, the mighty man and the man of war, the judge and the prophet, the prudent and the ancient, the captain of fifty and the honorable man and the counselor and the cunning artificer and the eloquent orator. And I will give children to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them. This starts to sound very familiar. You're going to be ruled over by people who were childish. 
young people who haven't been around long enough to know how to tie their own shoelaces. They're going to be your rulers. And the people shall be oppressed, every one by another, every one by his neighbor. The child shall behave himself proudly against the ancient, and the base against the honorable. So you're going to have young people disrespectful to those who've lived a full life and have learned a few things and have some wisdom. They're going to be counted as, who cares? You're old and stupid. Sound familiar? And then, the honorable... So the base against the honorable. In other words, it'll be the wicked person gets to rule over the honorable person. Like, that's part of the judgment. That's why I say judgment isn't coming to America. It already is here. You've already been given over. The judgment has already begun. It starts with this kind of thing. Just like there's nothing new under the sun. Verse 6, when a man shall take hold of his brother of the house of his father, saying, Thou hast clothing, clothing, thou be our ruler, and let this ruin be under thy hand. And in that day shall we swear, saying, I will not be a healer, for in my house is neither bread nor clothing. Make me not a ruler of the people. For Jerusalem is ruined, and Judah is fallen, because their tongue and their doings are against the Lord to provoke the eyes of his glory. They show of their countenance thus witness against him. They declare their sin as Sodom. They hide it not. Woe unto their soul, for they have rewarded evil unto themselves. Say ye to the righteous that it shall be well with him, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Please note, So this is the passage that I started the broadcast with. They're proud about their sin. They have the same sins of Sodom. They're proud about it. They're not even bashful about it. They're not trying to hide it. It's out in the open. They think it's great. Woe unto them. They have brought evil upon themselves. Here's the good news for those who walk in righteousness. Say ye to the righteous that it shall be well with him. For they shall eat the fruit of their doings. But then verse 11. Woe unto the wicked. It shall be ill with him. For the reward of his hand shall be given him. As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy paths. Are we not ruled over by the youth and by women? Just like in the, these, these days of Judah and, and Jerusalem and the days of their wickedness. Verse 13. The Lord standeth up to plead and standeth to judge the people. The Lord will enter into judgment with the ancients of his people. And the princes thereof. For ye have eaten up the vineyard of the spoil of the poor in your houses. What mean ye that ye beat my people into pieces and grind the faces of the poor, saith the Lord God of hosts? Please note, in other words, you feed off of the poor. 
Here in America, we like to feed on the poor, but pretend that we take care of the poor. And when I say we, I'm just talking about the leadership of this country. They promise the poor that they're looking out for them, they're trying to take care of them, but in all reality, they're doing everything they can to keep them oppressed and controlled, and they themselves get rich and fat, while the poor get more poor and struggle all the more. Nothing new under the sun. Verse 16. Moreover, the Lord saith, Because the daughters of Zion are haughty, and walk with stretched forth necks, and wanton eyes walking and mincing as they go, and making a tinkling with their feet. Therefore the Lord will smite with a scab the crown of the head of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will discover their secret parts. In that day the Lord will take away the bravery of their tinkling ornaments about their feet, and their calls and their round tires like the moon. The chains and the bracelets and the mufflers, the bonnets and the ornaments of the leg and the headbands and the tablets and and the earrings, the rings and the nose jewels, the changeable suits of apparel and mantles and wimples and crisping pins, the glasses and the fine linen and the hoods and the veils. In other words, all the trinkets that the women are dressing themselves up with. Fancy clothing, jewelry, shoes, hair, all the product, everything they're using. It's all coming under judgment. Verse 24, And it shall come to pass that instead of sweet smell there shall be stink, and instead of a girdle a rent, and instead of a well-set hair baldness, and instead of a stomacher a girding of sackcloth, and burning instead of beauty. Thy men shall fall by the sword, and thy mighty in the war. And her gates shall lament and mourn, and she being desolate shall sit upon the ground. (laughs) There you go. Chapter 2 and chapter 3. My only real thought is what I've said a few times during this broadcast is that there's just clearly nothing new. It's like humanity, especially when it comes under great blessing and prosperity, always descends back into the depths of despair and wickedness. They get too prideful, too arrogant, too comfortable with sin. And it always leads to the same behaviors because that's just the human condition. And then God has to cause great, severe correction. I really hope that the day is coming that we just read about in chapter 2 about the mountain of the Lord when He will return and rule over us with righteousness and there'll be no need for war anymore And there'll be unthinkable peace on the earth. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, come quickly. I hope that you've been blessed this morning. I hope that you're enjoying this study. Please consider praying for me and praying for this podcast. Please consider supporting the podcast. 
You can do that by going to scriptureandprophecy.com. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.